Hey guys, welcome back to the 10th episode of the Drop a Deuce podcast. My name is Daniel Keenis. I am here with Frank Todd. Frank, we finally made it to La Decima. We hit double digits. This is really big news. I didn't think we'd make it past episode one, personally. I didn't think we'd even record episode one. And look, at well, here we are. <laughs> here here we, are. we are. Now, Daniel, we got a packed show today. We, we gotta talk did. some. We gotta talk some college football. We gotta talk some NFL. We got some college basketball to talk. Some NBA and even some MLB baseball for the first time. Oh my so gosh. I say we jump right into it and talk some bowl games because it's been a crazy day already for bowl games. Now we're recording this on December thirty first in the middle of the Ball State beatdown on San Jose State. So I figure let's just start there. I mean. I guess this the first my first thought from looking at the score of this game is the Mac must be a lot better the Mac must be a lot better than the Mountain West. Yes, and I think Ball State's also just very very underrated. Oh, maybe it's not gonna be beat down. Ball State's just underrated, man. They started the game off. They had a pick six. They had a blocked punt in the first half. They jumped out to a huge lead and have been kind of just coasting ever since. They kind of, well, I mean, they, they scored 27 points in the first quarter, so they kind of put that game away there. But uh, Well, yeah, when you, when you block a punt and get a pick six, it's pretty pretty easy to pull away. It, it's pretty easy to score 27 points. But also, San Jose State has been without like their starting quarterback, and they basically had a week or less than a week to practice because their players went home for the holidays, and then they basically came back and said, let's get ready for Ball State. So, I guess maybe they, if it, if this was a normal like regular season game, I think the outcome would be a little bit different. But I think it would have been a lot closer than the nine point uh, favorites that San Jose State was. Yeah, I mean, this was an interesting game. But I mean, then again, it's at least it was less violent than the game this morning, <laughs> where you had a little fight breakout between Mississippi State. And Tulane. Oh, no, it wasn't too. Yeah, it was Tulane. Uh, did you hear what uh, Coach Leach said right after the game? Uh, oh, Lord, I can only imagine. He, so he was, he was asked about it, and he's like, what are you going to tell your players after this, after this big, um, big fight? And Coach Leach was like, don't do it again. <laughs> unless it's Alabama, then make sure you aim for the jugulars. Exactly. Did you, there was like a kick and run. So number four for Mississippi State literally kicked a Tulsa player in the in the head and just ran away. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> that was bad. Now, going through it, it's been not. It's been an interesting bowl season, I'd say. I mean, not too many surprises except for the. God, horrible game last night between Florida and Oklahoma. Other than that, it's kind of been what you'd expect. You know, there's a lot of players opted out, a lot of teams opted out. So there hasn't really been anything interesting. I, but the I think... game I really want to focus on is Liberty Coastal Carolina. Because, I mean, that had by far the craziest last five minutes, say, of any game we're going to see all season. Well, I think to, to your to your bowl game points i think the biggest and most interesting thing about this bowl season is that 
I think the games mean more because the teams haven't had as many games as they normally would. So normally you are like you're on your 13th or 14th game of the year and you're you're tired, exhausted. But Ball State, for example, has only played seven games. And I'm sure like they haven't been able to travel that much. I'm sure all these players are just itching to get out of the state, maybe get out, get into the sun. Uh, I think it depends on the school, too. Because, I mean, if you look at, say, the Coastal Carolina, um, sorry, Liberty game, those two teams look like they wanted to be on the field and they wanted to compete. But, I mean, I watched the Florida game last night. Trost looked like he didn't want to be on the field and was just kind of just there. Like, Florida did not look like they wanted to play that game last night. And I think that's, that's perfectly fine. Um, also, Liberty and Coastal Carolina was a huge matchup in the regular season. Um, so, okay, yeah. we need to talk about this game. We need to just go straight into this game because it was absurd. Okay, I mean, so so tell tell let, let, let's hear let's hear what happened. You're a good storyteller. Okay, so basically, what happened is it was a back and forth game all throughout. Coastal Carolina is is tied right now. It's all tied up. Liberty has the ball. And, I mean, they're on, like, maybe the three or the four as time is winding down. So, you know, they're just running out the clock, trying to run it out for a field goal. They fumble on the Coastal Carolina one-yard line with, oh my say, God. like, three seconds left. Maybe even oh. four. It was no time left. Oh, so, Lordy. it goes from a huge blow going to OT, like, oh, my God. How are you going to get out of this? Horrible first drive for Liberty. They had negative one yards. And they hit a field goal, okay? So now we're going to Coastal Carolina's drive in OT. Field goal to force it, touchdown to win. Three down, so you know they're going on the field goal, and Liberty blocks the field goal Jesus. to win the game. Oh, my God. It was absolutely insane. As a Liberty money linebacker, let me tell you, I was having a heart attack near the end of that game. I mean, as as most people probably were, I'm, I watched overtime of the game, so I didn't see the fumble on the one-yard line. But I just remember thinking, I thought Liberty had a, a better shot than being a like, minus or a plus six-and-a-half dog. I thought they had a great shot to win that game regardless. They're a good team. They've been underrated all year. They have been really underrated all year. I mean, they beat Virginia Tech. They beat some decent teams. They only they lost to NC State. They went well, so- – they, they went two and one or three and one against the ACC. Their only loss was to North Carolina NCC. State. Yeah, and that was a close game. I mean, this is a decent team who should have been more averagely rated. And I think the bigger question is: Was Coastal Carolina overly rated all year, or was Liberty really underrated all year? I'm looking. I think I think Coastal Carolina was overrated. I think that what it comes down to. There was a big outroar about the New Year's Six Bulls and who got in and who didn't. Coastal Carolina and IU were the teams who everyone thought got screwed. And Iowa State, and to a lesser extent, Florida, were the teams everyone's like, well, what the hell are they doing in there? And Florida showed they didn't care last night when they got killed. So the question we're going to see in Florida the next couple of days is, with them playing, did the committee make the right decision screwing over Iowa State, screwing over Indiana in favor of Iowa State? I think, I think Iowa so State, far with Coastal Carolina – they made the right decision with Coastal Carolina. I will say that. I think if Iowa State loses to Oregon, who's who's a bad team? Who is a bad, bad, bad team? Well, yes, yeah, so we we all agree. I mean, everyone knows Oregon's only in it because a Pac-12 team got an automatic bid, but that's a story for another time. 
I think, yeah, so if Oregon is able to beat Iowa State, I think Iowa State could potentially drop to, like, number 17 or 8. No, wait, where are they in the – because there are coaches and AP rankings that come out for the end of the year, right? I believe so. Yeah, so the AP poll has them at 12, and the coaches poll has them at 12. So I think if they lose to Oregon, they're going to lose. They're going to drop to maybe 17, 18. I think they fall out because that's their fourth loss. And that's their, that's another bad, bad loss. Uh, if you lose to another top 25 team, I could see maybe dropping to like 20 if it's bad. So I think that'll be really interesting to see. But outside of that, I think there's a lot of pressure on Cincinnati to do well against Georgia. So, speaking of Cincinnati, I kind of want to talk about the coach of the year for a second because I'm really, really upset with the coach of the year rankings, personally. I, uh, Coastal Carolina had a great coach, but do I think he deserved it more than Tom Allen and Luke Fickle? I don't think so. I, I think the biggest difference between uh, Jamie Chadwell and Luke Fickle and Tom Allen uh, Jamie Chadwell is the Coastal Carolina coach. Is that Coastal Carolina has like never won a football game in the in, in entire existence of their program? They've been horrible ever since they joined the FBS, and then this year they skyrocket to number nine or twelve in the rankings. And remember, I think the last two years Cincinnati has been really good at, at football, and IU was really good at football last year. There wasn't as big of a dramatic but, increase but here's the thing is i would argue that iu was a bigger dramatic increase because if you looked at their schedule preseason and saw it was a big 10 schedule only and you tell someone hey indiana university is going to beat penn state michigan state michigan and wisconsin in football there are very few people on this planet who believed you i wouldn't have been one of them <laughs> neither would i have been by the way so that's where I think the problem comes in with that is, you know, you have two, and I mean, even that Cincinnati and a top eight team as a group of five is incredible. It's, they dominate everybody. You have three coaches who really deserved it. And I mean, he won it easily. I don't have a problem with him winning it necessarily. I do have a problem with him winning it as easily as he did. I'm, I guess I think what your point, the point you're trying to make is, in the in the coaches rankings or like like the or like the AP coaches award the biggest deal i think should be going from good to great instead of from bad to good cuz i feel like it's kind of easy in, in college football i think there's a bunch of oscillation between going 4 and 8 and 8 and 4 or 3 and 3 and 9 and 9 and 3 but i think it's really hard to go from like 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 eight wins and like iu um like I, I, you probably would have gone from eight wins to like eleven wins this year, which is a big difference. Probably, and I think I get it. so again using that same argument. I would almost—it's just a tough argument to make, honestly, because you can make an argument for any of these three coaches, and that's why I think it should have been a little bit of a closer contest. But by the point total they used, it was twenty-two point difference between. Uh, Coastal Carolina, Indiana, and then between Tom Allen and Luke Fickle is another 22 points. That's a big gap. And I just, I just feel like Luke Fickle got a little disrespected. I mean, what he's doing with Cincinnati is no short of very impressive. I, well, yeah, because he was a great uh, assistant under uh, Urban Meyer. 
Yeah. So I just think is again, I just think that you got to give respect where it's due, and Luke Fickle does not quite get enough. But we'll see what happens in the coming. Years. Exactly. So, do you want to move on to college basketball? I was gonna say just real quick, a little New Year's Six and playoff previews. We had some mainly playoff because New Year's Six polls are kind of boring this year, in my I mean, opinion. Alabama's gonna win the playoff. Alabama's here's the things. Alabama and Clemson are both going to just absolutely dominate tomorrow. I think Clemson wins the title. I think that this is going to be Lawrence's send-off, METN's send-off, them in the sun, and they're going to just blow this game out of the purple water. I really think they could do it. I think, yeah, I think Alabama's, I think Alabama is like, Alabama had the best offense and the best defense in the SEC. Which isn't saying much considering how how Florida got absolutely rocked yesterday, but I, yeah, I clearly think it'll be. I think it's to be a great game regardless. I don't. I I agree though. I think the one point I want to make is you've seen the difference that a Lawrence and ETN combo make compared to anyone else. They lose without Lawrence. They lose to Notre Dame forty-seven to forty. They win by twenty-four with Lawrence. That's a play, that's a playoff team. So I Shouldn't think be. that is going to be a big message. I mean, yeah, they should not be, but that's just, again, that's a stir for another day. I could go on a five-hour rant about how messed up the playoff committee is. Should have been, should have been. But eight, to save our, whatever, li- but no big deal. To save our listeners from this long-awaited rant, I say let's move on to some NFL and talk some playoffs because we have a big weekend uh, ahead of Okay, us. so we've been talking about this team a lot, but I want to rehash their playoff scenario. The Browns. Should have, could have clinched the playoff um, uh, spot about three times. All you and all the here you go, Daniel. You lead me into my favorite topics. Like I do want to talk about. I call it Jets gonna jet. All the Jets had to do was lose the two playoff teams, and they get Trevor Lawrence. That's all you have to do, and they come back in back to back B weeks, beat the Rams. And the Browns. I mean, this is just hilarious. I think I can't wait for Trevor Lawrence to be like a first ballot Hall of Famer. And all the Jets had to do was lose two games. And we can think about this in like 15 years. Like, oh, remember in 2020 when the Browns when when the Browns like lost to the Jets and like that's what completely screwed over the Jets. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, but I had to I had to get my Jets gonna jet in there. But yeah, let's talk this AFC playoff picture because it is absolutely ridiculous. So for those of you at home, you have five teams competing for four spots. You got the Colts and the Titans competing for an AFC South title, one of which though one of them has to get in. And then you have the Dolphins, Ravens, and Browns, plus the two AFC South teams competing for a wild card spot. And off the tiebreakers right now, the Colts are the odd man's out. So it's win and in for so, everyone else. Who do you think is the odd man? Um, let's see. If you look at if you look at the schedule, the Colts, the Colts play the Jaguars, so they should win that. But the Colts have had in the last ten meetings with the Jaguars, the Colts are three and seven. So, just gonna say the Jaguars only win this year as the Colts. Yeah. Too. So it's not it's not looking great, but. Um, the Titans play the Texans, which I think might actually kind of be a tough game. I think it all depends on who's sitting and who's not this week because I the the Browns are playing the Big Browns ben are playing the Steelers. Sitting. I believe that is very important. I think that makes the Browns 
a win and in. The Browns are pre- everyone but the Colts are winning in the AFC just right now. The Colts are the odd man out. They need somebody to lose and win to get in. Big Ben sitting is big for the Browns. Josh Allen most likely sitting is big for the Dolphins. The Bengals are the Bengals. They're not going to compete with the Ravens. So it's all going to come down to the Titans-Texans game, in my opinion. And there is going to be a very pissed off Texans defense on Sunday who could play spoiler. I think the Ravens might lose the Bengals. That's that's my that's my big upset of the weekend. Interesting. My big upset of the weekend is going to be a very shocking one. Words I can't believe I'm going to say. The Dallas Cowboys are going to win the NFC Beast. <laughs> the NFC Beast. Uh, what do they have to do? They have to win, and Washington needs to lose. win. So here's here's how the NFC. So we're going to since we're going to come past the AFC, it's a little more straightforward. The NFC beast comes down to, quite frankly, Washington wins, they're in. If Washington loses, whoever wins the Cowboys-Giants game is in. So so Washington is really a win and in. Okay, that's interesting. Well, So, yeah, Washington is a win and in, and they are playing the Eagles on Sunday Night Football. So we we'll already know who gets in in that scenario they lose to the Eagles. Now, the question is, do you go? Do you think Jalen Hurts, because I'm assuming Jalen Hurts is still starting, has the potential to play spoiler against this very good defense led by Chase Young? Uh, I personally believe so. I because I don't think I think they're going to put up points. I don't think Washington can put up the points. I don't think I think they rely on their defense, and um, I I think it would be hilarious if the if I just want the football team to lose so the. Uh, so hopefully, at least the um, the NFC East will have three teams at six and ten. That'd be kind of funny. Now, when you think about it, though, there's still a tight race in the NFC wild card, which has some big injury implications. Here, you got the Rams a game up on the Bears right now, who are in as the last wild card, and they're tied with the Cardinals. Now, the Rams and the Cardinals are playing each other on Sunday. No Jared Goff, no Cooper Cup, most likely as Cooper Cup is still on the COVID. As of last night, Cooper Cup was still on the COVID list. So this could come down to some very interesting tiebreakers between the three teams. I think Bears are winning your in. I know that. Yeah, I'm like 90% sure that's right. I just don't know what happens between the Cardinals and the Rams. What's their conference winning? Oh, I think think even though the Cardinals – win i believe based off their conference winning percentage the rams still um take the lead according to espn they aren't eliminated which is why i don't know what happens i mean i guess because the bears could easily lose to the Packers, which they probably will because i think the packers want to clinch up that number one seed yeah do they have a tiger i think they have a tiger no the packers are winning first place yeah, yeah, I was just saying, oh, Seattle can get it still. That's the problem. Because the I know the Packers have a t- head-to-head tiebreaker yeah, over the they Saints. beat the crap out of them. <laughs> yeah, so that's where it could get interesting. I mean, I'm not going to arrest anyone, but hang on. What time is that? Is that a 10 a.m. game? Or, no, it is. Ooh, this could be interesting. So that's a 125 game. So if the Saints lose at – 
Are they 125 too? I'm trying to read times. Oh, no, they all play at 125, so it won't matter. Because that's where it gets interesting with start versus sit for some of these teams. If you're the – let's say you're someone like the Colts, you don't know what's going to happen to you. You have mm-hmm. to play with everyone. But if you're the Titans and you already know you're in based on two teams losing or however these tiebreakers break down, you might want to bench somebody. I think I think you got to go all out. I think especially if you're the Packers, you know you have you have two weeks. Or I think with all top three teams, you got to go all out. Like the this like it. Well, the Bills are not going all out for that one seed. Bill or two seed, I mean, the Bills are as of today. Sean McDermott said he may not play Josh. Well, Allen. who's what's the difference between the um? So two seed gets the seven and three gets the six. Yeah. It's the difference between playing the Browns or the or Ravens the right now. I, think, I want the Browns. If I'm, if I'm the Bills, the I'm confident. I want the Browns or the Colts. If I'm Colts the Bills, I'm or... confident against both those teams. I want the Browns. I don't care who you are. I want the Browns or the Colts I don't trust any Lamar day Jackson over the, the Ravens. I trust that defense a lot more than I trust the Indy defense I trust or the Browns defense. defense the... Interesting. I don't know. It's gonna be a very interesting Sunday. We got a lot ooh, of games to play ooh, out. With a lot or of... if the Colts end up end up winning that division, they might get the Titans at seven, which is a scary thought. Yes, that's why I'm surprised they aren't playing for the one seed. You got to play. Yeah, for they're the, not or the two seed. Sorry, you got to play for the seed you want and. I want to avoid. A well, lot they of must also right think now. that Pittsburgh is going to choke. So I think, I think if Pittsburgh's losing, they probably. I mean, yeah, they probably think Pittsburgh's not going to win without Big Ben. I mean, who are but Bill, Bills are playing right. the Dolphins. Yeah, I think I think Bills might lose that game. And I mean, that's another game that's huge for the playoffs, which I'm surprised. You, I mean, again, I don't want to play someone three I times they're in gonna the season. Win yeah. So the question is, I told now Daniel, I prepped you for this. I told you, I have a hot take for you, something you're not gonna like to hear. Here's my hot take. The Buffalo Bills are winning the Super Bowl. They are hitting their stride at the exact right time. And Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs are becoming a very scary duo. And Josh Allen is really cementing himself up there with QB. I don't think the Chiefs are winning this year. I think you can't. You can only win so many close games before you lose. Bills beat the Chiefs. Okay, so let's so let I uh, I'm gonna run through the AFC teams. This this the top seven, top eight, all of them with with um uh no ease like or exemptions. And I want you to I want you to say yes or no, quick yes or no, no explanation. If they have a chance to win the Super Bowl, Chiefs. Okay. Bills. Yes. Steelers. Yes. Titans. No. Dolphins. No. Ravens. No. Browns. Yes. Colts. No. Okay, so no. you think. I think the Ravens are the only – I think it's really only the Bills and the Chiefs, and the Ravens are the one team I could see being sneaky just because their defense. I don't think Phillip Rivers has potential to ever lead anyone to the Super Bowl. I don't think the Steelers can stay healthy, and I just don't think the Titans have the potential to okay, be a Super Bowl Okay, now champion. NFC. 
All right, I have to do the same for you after that. I gotta get your takes, but go ahead. Give me the uh, NFC Packers. Teams. Saints. Yes. Seahawks. Yes. Washington. Yes. No. Here, I'll save you a breath here. No NFC. Um, Bucks. Rams. No. Bears. No. Cardinals. No. Cowboys. No. Giants. No. So you think no. you think top three are coming out of there? I think it's only going to be between the top three in the NFC East. Or sorry, the NFC. I think that the three of them are just far and away better. I like Tom Brady and the Bucks. I don't think they're consistent enough to win this year, but I think next year they're in deep, okay. they're deep threat. All right, now I'm going to give you the same list here. All right, let's see what you Chiefs. Yes. Bills. No. Steelers. Yes. Titans. No. Uh, Dolphins. Yes. Ravens. Browns. No, but maybe next year. Okay, I agree with that. Colts. Actually, yes. Okay. So we have some some pretty similar opinions. My thing on the Colts is, as a San Diego native, I've watched Philip Rivers for years. I don't think that guy has the poten- the ability, the potential, or quite frankly, the balls. But they have a great defense, and T.Y. Hilton is starting to get a stride late in the year. So if they get lucky, if they get At lucky the and the... play the play the Steelers on the three seed, or or maybe the Dolphins with the five, then they got a chance. I think at the end of the day, though, it's going to come down to when you play the Chiefs or the Bills, you have yeah, to score a lot of points. And I don't think Phil Rivers can do it. They're 40 points a game. Yeah. All right. Now, on the NFC side. Yes. Packers. No. Saints. Seahawks. No. Football team. Yes. Tampa Bay. Yes. The Rams. No. The Bears? No. The Cardinals? No. The Cowboys? And no. the Giants? <laughs> okay. Yeah, pretty similar opinions in the NFC. I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Tom Brady and the Bucs. I'm a big Tom Brady guy. You never count I out Tom Brady in the playoffs. Screwed. I agree with that, but I think the bigger problem for them is going to be just still not used to each other. You've seen it a lot throughout the year when they're playing teams like the Saints, but you just don't look quite in sync yet. And I just think they need one more year to be completely in sync. Well, this was a good uh, NFL session. Do you want to do our sponsored segment and pop up with with MLB? Yeah, let's do it. All right, we're back, and we're going to talk a little baseball. This will be a quick segment because it's still the off season. Not a lot's happening, except for the Padres making big, big moves this week. Except for the Padres becoming the World Series favorite, or at least close to it. I mean, here's the problem. So the, for those who don't know, the Padres acquired Yu Darvish from the Cubs for a very horrible return for the Cubs, and they acquired Blake Snell from the Rays for a very good return for the Rays. So what it comes down to is you have a Snell, you Darvish, um, Lament-led roster this year because, because Clevenger's down for the season. So they're not quite there yet. They need one more guy. I mean, the Dodgers are still the Dodgers. But in 2022, when your front three 
or sorry, front four because Laments are as a beast. You got him. You got you, Darvish. You got Mike Clevenger, and you got Blake Snell. Then they're the World Series favorite. I mean, why? Why do the Cubs trade you, Darvish? I don't. I know. I know they're, what they said that they wanted to like restart because their their GM left, but it doesn't. First seem of all, so he's not just the GM. He's like the Theo president Epstein. of operations. He no no no. He's Theo Epstein, who will go down as the greatest GM in history of sports. So let's just get that clear. Yes. So, but yeah. He left, and now they kind of, they kind of want to start rebuilding. They kind of want to build from scratch. And the problem is, to do that, you got to trade Darvish. They're going to try to trade Chris Bryant. They're going to try to trade Wilson Contreras. They're going to make a lot of moves to kind of get that farm system replenished and start over. Who do you think that the Cubs keep out of Rizzo, Contreras, uh, Baez? Baez. You think so? I, <laughs> I don't even know what you finish that. They're going to keep Hobby. Rizzo, because he's one of the best, two of the most team controllable. Brian's going to move because he's just underperforming from what their expectations were. Um, Rizzo's got, I mean, Rizzo's getting out there in age. He, I mean, people don't realize that, but I mean, he bounced around from the Red Sox and the Padres before becoming the Cubs first baseman. And um, yeah, so that's what I think is going to happen. Well, there is, uh, there cool, is story, cool story about Anthony Rizzo, if you've never heard this before. So Rizzo is a cancer survivor. Yeah. And it was about the time he joined the Red Sox. So when he he was also going to the minor leagues, not the major league team at this point. So the Red Sox put him in touch with John Lester, former Cub, because Lester was also a cancer survivor. So Lester kind of just talked to him and, you know, helped him out. And now they're best friends. Yeah. Just a cool little story about the two of them. I mean, I I just – I want Anthony Rizzo to do so well. I feel like he's the foundation of the Cubs. I would, I would prefer them to keep um, him and Javi. I don't think I, I like I like Chris Bryant a lot. I do. I like Chris Chris Bryant a lot, but he, I've I, I haven't seen him hit have a hit in maybe maybe a year. <laughs> yeah, he had a tough season. But I mean, you gotta throw the boat. You gotta throw that this twenty twenty season. It was such a cluster. That's true. Uh, so I guess outside of the MLB, the NBA has started this week. It has. So we've only had four games, so it's really hard to judge everything. But I mean, is the classic NBA? You have LeBron resting already. You have KD and Kyrie resting already. I mean, I get it's a long season and a lot of games and a lot of days. But I mean, come on, the the Nets have played five games, and KD and Kyrie have already sat out. Do we really need this? You, I don't, I, it, it, it's whatever. I'm, I'm starting to follow the NBA more because I'm doing fantasy basketball. I still don't understand the rules, but it's so different, man. It's so tough. It's so All tough right. because do like, you guys do categories or points? Points. Okay, points are a little easier to understand. So I think my main thing is like there's a there's a game a game cap of like 34 games or something. So like, do I am I supposed to? Like change. My... I don't play with those rules. That's weird. Yeah, I really don't know what's going on because, like, there's like a because I I don't want I don't know whether I should put like everyone who's playing that day into my lineup that day or maybe do I like do I budget it for the end of the week? I feel like it's really yeah. confusing. That's weird. I just put everyone in every day and I just make moves every day to find games. But I mean, other than that, again, there's no real storylines other than it's the classic resting. The Magic are kind of surprising people in the East starting 4-0. The Knicks are 4-0. I know. The, uh, the Knicks are 2-2, two and two, bud. 
Oh wait, I thought wait, who's I thought they were four and because I I know they beat the. Let's see. I have to let me get the standings. I'm looking at ESPN. The Knicks beat the Cavs twice, and then have lost their other, and then have lost to the Pacers. Sorry, the Knicks are three and three, not two and two. Unless it's including preseason. ESPN's confusing me. They're two and two. I was I had my stats wrong. The yeah, the Magic are four and zero. Which is surprising some people. I think they've just built, built built a good fundamental team. The Bucks at two and three is kind of concerning. I mean, it's five games. They're not. I mean, the Bucks are going to dominate everyone still. Yeah, uh, I understand. Their losses are are not bad losses. They just played a couple of bad games. They got blown out by the Celtics, or not blown out. They were getting blown out. Put a nice comeback, and then. Giannis just choked that game away, quite honestly, by missing free throws. I think the funniest thing about the Western Conference is the Lake is that the Clippers are four and one, but their one loss is by fifty-seven points. Okay, well, they uh, without Kawhi, there's nothing you're going to say about that. That was an embarrassing game. You, an NBA team, shouldn't lose to another NBA team by fifty-seven points. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot to say. That was a pretty embarrassing game for the Clippers. My, but I mean, they're still four and one. Uh, my sons are three and one. They, uh, they always hey, sons out, guns out, boys. That sons out, me. guns out. I think I don't think they're gonna stay on this pace, but because they they beat the Mavericks and the Kings and the Pelicans, which I guess is fine. But I think once they start playing the Lakers and the Clippers, everybody in their division at least. It's going to be very, very, very interesting to see how they. I think they're going to end up probably around six or seven in the West. So, yeah, I can see that. I can see them making the playoffs. All right, Daniel, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I'm going to make you make your way too early NBA Finals prediction with a catch. No Bucks, no Celtics, no Heat in the East, no Clippers, or no Lakers in the West. Okay, interesting. So I'm going to go the... I'm going to go the Pacers in the East. And I'm going to go the Portland Trailblazers out of the West. Ooh, interesting. I think think Lillard needs needs a crown. He needs a title. All right, well, for me... I'm going to take the Philadelphia 76ers. I think that this is going to be a big step up here for Embiid, where he's going to lead a team. And then for the West, I'm going to take the 1-3 Denver Nuggets. They are much better than their record says, and they will probably be the highest seed out of the non-division winners in the West. They're going to they're, – they are so good. They're – again, once they get their rhythm – I don't think fans make a big difference in the NBA. I think it makes a, can make a, it can make a huge difference, but most of those players are used to the fans. It's more getting used to not having fans. I, I, I guess, but like I think there's I think especially with the NBA, there's still music going on. So like you're still you still have that that like that da 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 like they, they still have like the background music for playing their games and I feel like a lot of times NBA games, except in like the last two minutes, are normally kind of quiet. The, the fans are kind of murmuring and like freaking out if there's a big dunk or like a big three. But it's not like college basketball where the fans are literally screaming in your face every single time their um, their opponents on defense. 
Yeah, that's true. So I mean, I mean, we'll see what happens if fans start to come back. But I mean, I think we're in for a big switch up pretty soon in the standings because I mean, it is five games, so five games match for teams. So it's hard to see. I think by the end of the season, you're going to see that Denver's in the playoffs, and you're going to have a team like the Kings who are three and one, just being a bottom feeder. And then the East, I think you'll see the same thing with the Hawks. The Hawks aren't good this year; they're getting good. They're getting younger. They're getting really talented, but I still think they're probably one or two pieces away. I think you're right. Uh, so I guess transitioning to amateur basketball, uh, yeah. at, at least we hope. Uh, the uh, I guess the Big Ten basketball has been completely flip flop this year than what we thought. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. Iowa overrated, maybe. Uh, Iowa played really well against a, I personally believe, solid Northwestern team. It might be biased, but I mean, if you look at it right now, though, you got Michigan, Rockers, Northwestern, Illinois, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, Ohio State, and Michigan State ranked in the current rankings. That's a lot of that's a lot of top twenty-five teams. That's a lot of top twenty-five teams. You have fourteen, fifteen. 16, 19, simply in that little middle region. They have, you have, well, the, the thing is, you only have one, two, you have, you have two top 10 teams. So the Big Ten looks to just be a sledgehammer of very good teams, but not elite teams. And the, the problem is, they're all going to eat each other up, and it's going to cause them all to screw at the end. You're going to have a team like a Maryland or an Indiana who's average at best. They're not good. They're not bad. They're just kind of they're average. We had high hopes who about could, IU. We did, but they're just average. They're not. Who could have been in the tournament. No, I don't call them average. I don't want to call them bad. They're, 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 a, they're an average minus. Okay, average minus. Sure. You're going to have a team like that though who could have been in the tournament as like a, one of the last four in who won't have a shop because they're just going to have to play against a bus of the Big Ten. And sure, they will win some of those games. They're going to lose a lot of them, too, though. I I think the big... Uh, I, I think that the, the big upset out of the Big Ten might be that Michigan State doesn't make the tournament. I mean, they're not that good. Quite I think they've, they've, they've been overrated. I think they're at, they're at 17 right now. They have done nothing to deserve that ranking. They have... They have done nothing to deserve that ranking. They beat a Duke team, who, a bad, bad Duke team by six. Duke is, we're going to get into Duke and Kentucky in a minute, but yeah, I agree with that. You know what, sure, let's talk Duke and Kentucky now so we're not too Big Ten biased. They're both garbage this year. Absolute garbage. I think Duke is better than Kentucky, but Kentucky's ugly this year. They're one in six. I mean, sure. I don't think there are many teams worse than Kentucky right now in the Power Five. In the Power Kentucky Five? Kentucky is... Kentucky, yeah, I mean, honestly, they're Kentucky's going to beat teams in the American. Kentucky is really, really bad. Can I think it'll be really interesting to see if Kentucky kind of gets their act together. But I mean, they, I, to their defense, they haven't had that many like easy games. They had Richmond, who ends up, uh, Kentucky lost by three. Oh no, not Kentucky. Uh, Kansas lost by three. Georgia Tech's bad loss. Notre Dame's a bad loss. North Carolina by twelve is a bad loss, and I think I don't think Louisville's great this year. I think that's a pretty bad loss too. It's a very bad loss, quite honestly. So, they, so they're competitive, but they can't finish games. And that is really, really, really important because Richmond they were close. Um, Kentucky they were 
Oh, yeah, Kentucky, they were up against Kansas by, like, seven. Georgia Tech was kind of a blowout the entire way. Notre Dame, they were up a ton. UNC, they were up 12 and ended up losing by 12. And against Louisville, they were up in the last couple minutes of the game and still ended up couldn't, couldn't finishing. Uh, that's not English. They, they still couldn't finish. I think that is just so disheartening for a team. If you get so close so many times but can't get over that hill, and with, with with Duke, I think Duke is just poorly managed by Coach K. So it's not like – I think Coach Calipari knows what to do. I think he can get that team in a position to win. But I think with Duke, Duke potentially might be worse than Kentucky at the end of the year because I see Duke regressing and not continuing, continuing to progress throughout the year. I think Kentucky's getting better, but I think Duke lost by – 15 to Illinois, which is bad because I think Illinois is overrated too. And they lost by six again to Michigan State. They got to get their act together. Duke has not had a big victory. And you know what I mean? Like a big victory, like an easy, like I'm going to destroy you victory. Like Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. They beat Coppin State by, by, by 10. They beat Bellarmine, a Division two team. By 22, and I think that's that's a lot closer than it should have been, because they were they were up 10 at half, like they it, it was close, it was very close, a lot closer than it should have been. Um, I I just have I I don't see Duke playing well, but I see Kentucky eventually getting a groove. I don't see Kentucky getting a groove. I just don't think that team has a lot of talent this year. Quite honestly. I think that they just don't have talent to compete with teams, and they definitely don't have the talent to compete with someone like Gonzaga. I, they're not going to – nobody can compete with Gonzaga. Gonzaga's not going to have a close game the entire year. They might win the national championship game by 20 points. Second time against Kansas, they'll be, they'll be tight. I'm calling it right now. Kansas, I, is, Kansas is very, very good. They just had a bad game against Gonzaga. Same with, I think Baylor is very, very good too, just not as good as Candace. Here's my hot take. And this, this, is, this is my big hot take of the day. I believe that the 1975 Indiana Hoosiers, and Frank, what are they known for? Being the best ever. They're being, they're being the best ever, an undefeated team. I think that the 1975 Hoosiers have something to worry about with with Gonzaga here. I don't think Gonzaga is going to lose a game. I don't think they're going to be even closer. They're they're they beat UVA by 23. A good a decent UVA team. They're they're beating Iowa, a great team by 11. They're they should have played Baylor. That would have been a really good matchup. But they're COVID COVID COVID. But you can rest people. You can rest people for conference play. You don't have to have your big That's guys. True. You don't have to have your big guys. They're going to end up they are they are 9-0 already. 10 11 12 13 14 15 16 17 18 19 20 21 22 23 24 25 three games in the conference tournament. Uh 28 plus boy, how many how many games are in the NCAA tournament? 6 5 yeah, I think you have to win six. 64, 32, 16, 8, 4, 2. So six. So which means they can finish 
this season 34 and 0 and i think they could easily get to to 30 31 without breaking a sweat i think that i think probably honestly but i think the problem is i think they're going to choke one in the national in the national championship or in the in the tournament just cuz it just it kind of i can't explain it with words honestly i just have this vibe about them that they're going to choke something cuz that's just what they feel feel like it's going to happen i it, let me tell you it is hard to choke when you score 75% of your points in the paint yeah that's true hang on i should make a comment for a big 10 team cuz i just saw this coming across the bottom line wisconsin is beating the shit out of minnesota right minnesota is so overrated i i kind of agree now but I just wanted to bring that up because they're on there. I think that there's something that we should talk about here. I know they lost earlier this week, so they won't be anymore. Houston being top 10 team is one of the most sneaky things of the season. Where the hell did that come from? Five Slamma Jamma is back. Yeah, I mean, like, what the hell? You know, you don't think of it as Houston. You know, you think of your usual teams out there right now, which right now are Gonzaga. UVA, Villanova, Kentucky. You think of those teams being up there. Kentucky's having a horrible year. And you see Houston, who now 7-1, and one, I think? Yeah, they're 7-1. They beat a good Texas Tech team. But other than that, their wins aren't that fantastic. I know, I know. But, I mean, they were preseason top 10. Kind of snuck up there. And then you have a team like Tennessee, who, quite frankly, I didn't think was that good, who's at number 7 who just beat number 12, Missouri, by 20. I think, yeah, I think Tennessee is more impressive than uh, than Houston right now. I think Tennessee is probably going to boost up a little bit, so maybe five, take their, maybe take their, take that Wisconsin six spot. Um, Texas at eight is kind of impressive. I think they've been playing great. Uh, anyone really interesting or kind of surprising? I'm surprised that Duke is still in the top 25. Um, yeah, no, they shouldn't be, but that's just a, that's just because of Coach K, quite honestly. Um, 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 I, Northwestern, I am, I'm content seeing them at 19 and 22. I think that's a good ranking for them. That's a good ranking for them, considering they they beat IU away, Michigan State, a four, a number four Michigan State team, and an Ohio State team. I think those are all good. Those are all solid, solid, solid wins. I hate, I hate when you have, and you see this a ton in college, because because it's all biased and it's all rankings that you have these huge guns absolutely dominating the top of the rankings, even if they might not be that good. Yeah, we're gonna see some big changes throughout the year too. I mean, there's gonna be some teams who go on some cold stretches, and eventually you got. Iowa, sorry, Baylor, Kansas, and West Virginia all in the top 10 right now. They have to play each other eventually. Kansas already beat West Virginia by 24. What's going to, sorry, I can't do math. There's only 14. (laughs) What's going to happen when they play each other a second time? What's going to happen when West Virginia plays Baylor or even Texas Tech, who's just outside the top 10? Eventually, these conferences like the Big 10 and the Big 12, we have all these teams have to start eating each other up. I guess we will talk about that uh, in 2021. Yeah, I hope everyone has a good and safe New Year's. 
and let's ring in 2021. I hope it's better than 2020, <laughs> even though the greatest thing ever came out of it. Drop a deuce. Uh, the Drop a Deuce podcast, presented by ourselves. <laughs> presented by nothing. Presented by nothing. Um, all right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening to La Decima, the 10th episode of the Drop a Deuce podcast. We know you probably didn't make it this far, but we are glad that you um, that we had such a great 2020 and we hope to see you guys next year. All right, guys. Peace out.